and welcome into Heavy Hitters, everybody here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. Jack Heim, Mitchell Smedley, a special 11 a.m. edition of Heavy Hitters. This will be the lone time this semester uh, that will have just one standalone hour. Um, well, you never know. I, I think. As of this Fairly moment confident. in time. At this moment in time, I've looked at my schedule and know that Fridays seem to have conflicts uh, that have come to my attention. So... This should be the long I mean, there is the Friday we go to IBS. That would be tough. Yeah. I mean, the yeah, we bus probably, leaves at four. four. All right, guys, that's the show. We got to run. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, here to go, go, go. Maybe so. Maybe we'll do the a, here. Maybe we'll do the a one. Maybe maybe we'll do a one hour show that Friday. A little two yeah, to three. Maybe two to three. We'll see. <laughs> it's up in the air. We'll, we'll debate. Could you it. imagine, dude? Broadcast from the bus. Oh my goodness! In That'd on be that. crazy. As if I didn't annoy them last year enough. <laughs> oh my goodness! Still, 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 I'm a victim in that situation. Oh, my I maintain. God. Oh, that's funny. So terrible when you think about what's happening. All right. Well, let's get right into it. A lot of NFL discussion today. We're going to start off with There's two games breaking down the new head coaching hires. Um, lots to talk about in, in that front. We'll break down the conference championship games, uh, and that should take us most of the way through the show. And at the end, we'll round it out with uh, some tidbits from around other sports. Uh, Major League Baseball is a one important free agent signing that pertains to people in this area. Uh, familiar face leaving town and going elsewhere. I'm going to cry. Um, NHL update you there a little bit if time permits. Also going uh, to cry. And college basketball rolls on. We probably won't talk about that in the show today. Uh, but we get ever closer to March Madness, less than two months away from Selection Sunday. Uh, every game matters uh, at this stage of the season, even for those teams who think they're guaranteed to be in uh, for seeding purposes. Arizona lost to Oregon State last night. It's a bad loss out in the Pac-12. Uh, night in and night out, there's some fun contests happening. Uh, even on the mid-major levels this year, Mountain West and uh, the West Coast Conference are a f- couple of fun ones to watch. What That's about the Big spiel. Sky? That's my favorite conference. The Big Sky? The Ooh, big who's sky. good in the Big Sky this year? I'm trying to think. <laughs> I think it's Northern Colorado. Sky High Colorado. And Eastern Washington off the top mm-hmm. of my head. I'm going to double-check okay. that real quick, then we're going to move right into NFL. I like the Big Sky. That's just a great name. So, and l- l- Let me look at the Big Sky. Standings. Yeah, it's uh, Eastern Washington is six and zero. Northern Colorado's third at four and two. Montana State's second at five. Montana. So, I was close. Nice. So, all right. Enough about the big sky. Didn't think I'd be talking about that today. Eleven oh five on a Friday. Morning. <laughs> but here we are. Here we are talking about the big sky in college basketball. Watch out for them this year. The Eastern Washington Eagles. They're coming. The oh, the Eagles. Let's yeah, go. Front runners to E-A-G. I think win that conference as of this moment in time. Anyway, we're moving right along. NFL talk. Head coaching carousel here. Let's look at it. Newest hire that dropped last night. The Atlanta Falcons have decided on their next head coach, and I think it's a fantastic hire. Raheem Morris, the Rams defensive coordinator is heading back to Atlanta where he spent some time as the wide receivers coach uh, was a defensive coordinator and then an interim head coach how do you go Atlanta. from wide receivers to defensive coordinator? exactly that's what makes him such a good coach though that's that's exactly what I was going to go to that's why he's head coaching material because he has knowledge on both sides of the football exactly and this is a guy who was coaching with Washington when he was in his 30s didn't work out uh, did, did a variety of assistant roles uh, before building his way up to a defensive coordinator. His resume is so deep and so 
you know, expansive on the knowledge of the game that he has. I think it's a fantastic hire for these Falcons. He's so up to date with the modern schemes and current concepts that are so popular amongst, uh, you know, coaches and teams in the NFL. I think the Falcons are really going to prosper with this hire. It's an upstart defense who took a big step forward this year. And they have a talented skill position group. They just need to find the quarterback. I mean, we've seen Desmond Ritter is not it. I, I tried to tell everybody. And, and someone told me he was uh, on the same level as Tom Brady. <clears throat> cough, cough. Yeah. Uh, Chris, what? Not um, a good take. Anyway. By the um, way, if you have any takes, 610-683-4058. Bingo. We'll try and rush him along today because bingo. it is a one-hour show. Yes. So, um, Morris to the Falcons. I think it's a great hire. Such a well-rounded coach. I think he's going to bring a lot of positives to the Falcons uh, and really be the team to take control, I think, in the NFC South. That division's still wide open. I mean, just because the Buccaneers made the divisional round game this year, there's still a lot of parts of that roster that, that aren't, you know, Todd Bowles got the most out of that team. I think the Falcons are in a prime position to, to take the lead in this division, I think, if they get the quarterback figured out. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, I like parts of the Falcons, and I love this hire. The thing I like about this hire the most is uh, Atlanta seems to really be focused on finding the guy that works for them, not the guy that worked elsewhere, right? They were linked to uh, – they were linked – why can't I think of his name? Bill Belichick. They yep. were linked to Belichick for a while. They were linked to Harbaugh. And they they passed on both of them, and they found the guy that they think can really elevate this team. As you said, he's he's way up to date on modern, uh, modern plays, modern designs, and everything like that. So I think they're really happy with their hire. I think it's an under the radar uh, solution to their problem, and I, I really like it. I really enjoy this hire. Me too. I think Morris is going to be a slam dunk to be successful in Atlanta. I'd give that. That higher and grade an A if I'm grading it. I'm giving it an A as well. All right, let's move on. Carolina Panthers, they found their next head coach as well, staying right in the NFC South, and I think this is another fantastic hire. Carolina had one mission in their head coaching search, and it was to find to find a guy to get the most out of their number one overall draft pick quarterback, Bryce Young. And none other then Dave Canales uh, is – he's the perfect guy to do that, right? The last two years we've talked about in the show. He got the most out of Geno Smith with the Seahawks a couple of years ago, and especially this past year with Baker Mayfield. They bring in Canales as their head coach. He's going to be working right alongside Bryce Young to get the most out of him uh, and really to be the future of this franchise in Carolina. I think this is a good hire for the offense. I'm interested to see what staffers he brings in to help out defensively just because he doesn't have a whole lot of experience uh, with coaching for, for defensive purposes. Uh, but I'm interested to see how he fills out this staff. Offensively, though, I think the Panthers will be in great hands going forward. I absolutely love this hire for the reason you just mentioned. The problem is, uh, can he can he work well with this dysfunctional uh, management structure? Because Bryce Young has had no consistency at the helm uh, in his short tenure at the Carolina Panthers, and there hasn't been any consistency in the, fran- in, uh, in the franchise coming into his tenure. So, uh, I'm looking at can they make it work uh, for multiple years? But you're right, he because he got he got the best out of his quarterbacks for the last two years, and I think both of them are a tier clearly below uh, Bryce Young's abilities. He was a number one overall pick for a reason. If he can get the most out of Bryce Young, Bryce Young will be the best quarterback he's ever worked with. So agreed. I love the hire. Two really great hires in the NFC South uh, for two teams that have been. Really just uh, irrelevant for, for a while now. The Panthers last made the playoffs 2017. The Falcons, I don't think they've been back since 2017 as well. So uh, both of them looking to to get it turned around and, and end this seven-year uh, drought that they're going to have coming into 24. So Did Atlanta use, lose back-to-back years to Philly? Because I know they lost in the division around the year the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Right. Uh, but no, did they I don't beat them in the they wild card? What? Who did the Eagles play? 
in the wild card before they lost to New Orleans. Double doink, Chicago. Oh Bears. yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Nah, Atlanta that? did not make the uh, did not make the playoffs. Twenty eight to three, and then they lost because Julio Jones fell down, and they've never been back. Prime Julio Jones is incredible. He was, <laughs> he was so good. good. He was so good. He was great. One of my favorite players. Um, anyway, we have a message in the KR Notebook first before we get back into our NFL discussion. From the KR Notebook, attention, KU community. Want KUR at your event? No problem. Go to www.kutztown.edu forward slash KUR. Find live events slash remotes. Read the reminders and fill out the form. A promotional director or an eboard member of KUR will reach out to you as soon as possible. An important reminder about events is that KUR needs at least three weeks' notice to even consider your event no exceptions. This message is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. Welcome back. Standalone hour of heavy hitters on this Friday morning. This is not our usual time. We'll be on air 2 to 4 on Fridays, 5 to 7 on Mondays. Uh, if you're looking for us at our normal times, how to make uh, a little bit of a pivot in scheduling this week. Got some family coming into town. Is doing Christmas in January. I like Christmas it. in January. You know what's yeah. cool? It's the twenty fourth. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's Christmas Eve. Well, it's the twenty sixth. Is it the twenty sixth? Yeah, Wednesday was the twenty fourth. Today, I yeah. thought today is the twenty fourth. No, the semester started. I on looked the 22nd. at the date on my phone. <laughs> Monday was the twenty second. I swear it said the twenty fourth. So. All right. I might be an idiot. It's okay. I might be an we idiot. All, we all have those times where it's like, what day is it? So totally get where you're coming from there. <laughs> I don't understand. Like, do you know how blown my mind is right now? Yeah, I can tell. Um, I wasn't even one day off. Like, I was two whole days off. Yes. That's crazy. All right, a couple of other coaching moves you got to discuss. Jim Harbaugh escapes the college controversy. He leaves Michigan and heads back to the West Coast where he spent some of his playing days. He is new, the new head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, five-year deal for Harbaugh. He's going to be taking over a talented roster that Brandon Staley failed to get even remotely close to the most out of. Uh, he's taking over now with an elite quarterback, pairing up with no, Justin he's Herbert. Um, no, There's Wrong. some very good skilled players in this offense. Uh, I think they're going to move on from Austin Eckler. By the way, would not be surprised if Blake Corum heads to the Chargers in the draft. I think that would be a thing that you like to see because Harbaugh is a power run. He's, if you look at the ideals of a you know the, the strengths of a Jim Harbaugh coach team, power rushing, solid defense. I think Blake Corum would be an easy draft because he coached him in college and he knows exactly how much of a power runner he is. Could be. So, but he's like not playing with an elite pick. quarterback. I think you're wrong about that. Oh, I think he is. Justin Herbert? 100% he is. What has he done ever? He's thrown for 5,100 yards in a season. Boring. Yeah, you're throwing a lot when you're losing all the time. So, again, like, like this, there's this inherent problem that teams losing is squarely on the quarterback. It's not. It's just that changes the outlook on his stats. You can't say he's elite. Maybe you, you, you can say so that. So then Trevor he, Lawrence is most certainly not elite. I agree. I think he's better than Justin Herbert. Oh, though. my goodness. Oh my he is. God. We're not doing this again. We've done this debate once. I know. We don't have the time for it today. Um, anyway, Harbaugh to the Chargers. I think that's a really good hire uh, on both ends. Harbaugh finally gets back into the NFL. Um, I like it. I, I do like it for the Chargers. I'd give it an A-. minus. Uh, it's fine. It's fine. We'll see how the college to pro transfer goes for Harbaugh. He's coached the NFL before. I know, but he he's going back. Yeah. It's it's just a change. And, you know, times change since the last time he was here. So we'll see. Um, I don't know. You talked about it briefly. He had all the controversy stuff at Michigan. Um, I, Cheated and won a national championship. What? What? Yeah. So I don't know. I have to see this pan out. 
you mentioned the quarterback thing. Can he can he make Justin Herbert into an elite quarterback? Possibly. I'm not going to say uh, it can happen, but he's think, not there I don't yet. Th- I don't think he's having to make anything. Justin Herbert's already there. Why? Uh, as a top, you know, five to seven quarterback in the game of such football. Such a bad take. How is that such a bad take? Anyways. Um, yeah, any, any, I don't any know. Any last tidbits on the Chargers? No, nah, I, I give it a B. All right. Give it a B. Okay, Um. last one. That was that was so funny. Give it a B, okay. Um, I go A minus, you go B. Yeah. We differ a little bit there. I'm a little bit higher on the higher than you are. That kind of oh, that weird. was I did not know what you were saying, but I like that. I know, me too. I was a little higher on the higher than you. <laughs> that is that flows. That oh my is, goodness, that does flow off the tongue. That is right. nice. Um, last couple of ones we got to talk about. Vic Fangio heading back to Philadelphia. By the way, apparently he was supposed to be the defensive coordinator this year, uh, but Jonathan Gannon, you know, interviewed with the Cardinals before the Super Bowl and didn't really give them notice that he was leaving. Uh, he kind of just dashed out of town. Uh, well, we kind of, to be fair, we kind of ran him out of town. So anyway, however you want to look at it, he left for Arizona. Um, and Vic Fangio already took the job down in Miami before, yeah. uh, you know, as that happened. And that's why we got Sidney Brown, because uh, the Cardinals had to give so. the Eagles a draft pick. Yeah. And Sean Desai was your defensive coordinator this year. But Vic, Vic Fangio coming back to his hometown uh, is from Pennsylvania. So back with the Eagles, he was a kind of under the radar assistant with them last year. Uh, or I should say like a defensive consultant, if you will. Um, anyway, but he's back officially as a defensive coordinator. Um, so he will be taking over defensive play calling duties for the Eagles this year. It's about I think time it's a we very good hire. In there. Very good hire. Fangio runs a very intricate scheme, one that is try is replicated throughout the league. Uh, but you have the guy who actually, you know, was the mastermind of the defensive scheme mm-hmm. as your coordinator. So I think that should do wonders, improve this Philadelphia defense tenfold from their horrific uh, ending to last year. I mean. Wow, that was bad. Yeah, it was gross. I mean, if you watch that last game back, it's going to leave you a bitter taste in your mouth. Like, I, I don't think I've ever been more, like, ambivalent. Is that the word? Like, I just didn't care. But also, like, very upset. Like, how does that happen? How? Like, confused. I guess I was just more confused. Yeah, it, it's rare you see a team fall off a cliff like that. Yeah. And that's what happened with those Eagles. And, man, oh, man, I don't know if I've seen a team in the playoffs with you know worse fundamental tackling than the Eagles had in that wild card game. That was putrid. Goodbye, Sean Desai. Just from a football perspective, like I'm taking the bias out of it. Just from a person who watches the game of football, that was ugly. It I was embarrassing. I don't care about my feelings. It was towards, embarrassing. Towards the Eagles as a rival. I mean, yeah, it was. It was nothing short of embarrassing. That was awful. Awful to watch. Yeah. I mean, that Trey Palmer touchdown was, oh, oh. Thanks, Bradbury. Thanks, buddy. Number 24. <laughs> and Kevin Byard. Oh, oh, pathetic. <laughs> Zach Cunningham just completely overrunning people, just like, oh, my goodness. Bradbury missed the tackle was, was really bad, but then Byard's angle to the, oh, my goodness, this is a safety. I mean, what are you doing? Anyway, we're not going back down. Didn't have the board. angle. Touchdown. Oh, Kenyon Drake! And then you let a guy with 4-3 speed get into the open field. Yeah, you're not catching him. He's yeah. gone. He is gone. Forget about it. All right. Um, I think that's all we got on coaching fronts. Uh, uh, yeah, that's all the coaching hire. I, I, so, oh, we could talk about Belichick quick before the break. I mean, sure. we, we teased him, but doesn't look like Bill Belichick's going to get a job. I think he's done, um, personally. He's old, man. He's just... An old coach. He's the fifth oldest coach in NFL history, as it currently stands, at just over 71 years of age. 
Um, Has Seattle hired anyone? No. So Seattle and Washington, I think, are the only two job openings left. Gotcha. Um, I'm really interested to see where Washington goes. There's, I think both of these situations are so unique because for two, for two different reasons. I think Seattle has a very talented roster, um, and I think if you get the right guy in there, it could really be a problem for the NFC uh, and have some you know, high-quality competition out in the West with San Francisco. And, and conversely for Washington, they're in an opposite situation, but they're still so unique because they have so much cap space. And I think if you get the, the good fit head coach in there, he can really take his pick on what he wants to do with this roster. So two unique, intriguing job openings for two vastly different reasons, Mitch. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't want Belichick uh, no. you need, coaching a team here. Exactly. For Washington, you want to find the guy for the next several, several years to come, and Belichick's not going to be that guy. And for Seattle, if you want to take like a two-year flyer, try to get the most out of your roster with Belichick and then just have him retire, but what does that really do for you if you don't win a Super Bowl? Yeah. I don't know. I don't think they have a Super Bowl winning roster. I, yeah, I don't think that's the case the right now either. So. But, you know, even if you were able to get the most out of it, you need a guy. Yeah. You're not looking to hire for the short term. Yeah, Belichick's a disruptor. He'll make things his way. And if he's only there, for, like, it worked in New England because he was got there for two so long. decades out of it, right? Two and a half decades. If he's there for two years and he disrupts your entire flow of your organization, that's a problem. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't see him getting either of those jobs. Yeah. Yep. 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 <laughs> nice. I'm Brady. Sorry. Uh, I, I got a text message that would agree with my take about Herbert and Lawrence. So that's that's good for you. That's a pick me up. We got to go to break. It's objectively right. Yes, we do have to go it's to not, break. Though we're going to step aside for the first time today. You're on heavy hitters. When we come back, we will shift our focus and move into breaking down these conference championship games, giving our picks and where we think the advantages lean uh, for these teams on each side. All right, we're going to step aside. Be back momentarily. You're on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. Welcome back here to Heavy Hitters. Friday morning? Yes, yes, sir. Friday morning, not noon yet. Mitchell Smedley, Jack Heim, taking you through this 11 o'clock hour. 11.24 on the East Coast. And, uh, yeah, we're talking all things NFL conference title weekend. So exciting. Not really, because uh, we know who's going to win. But that's okay. Or do we? It's all rigged, believe me. It's so fake. Fake news. Fake news, NFL. <laughs> believe me. <laughs> it's. It, I mean, the colors would seem to indicate a certain matchup. Believe me. Believe me. It's okay. Uh, next year, it will be Vikings-Jets in the Super Bowl. <laughs> No, it won't. You heard it here first. No, it won't. It's green and purple. Yeah. The Vikings and the Jets? Yes. Two teams who haven't made the Super Bowl and the Vikings have never made it. No, they have. They made four. Yeah, I was going to say. I was like, that does not sound right. They made four. When was the last time they made one, though? Uh, The 70s. Yeah, I was going to say. It's been forever. Does those even count? It's like the Flyers. Yeah. Do those even count? <laughs> they never won. Oh, my goodness. They never won. The Jets was a uh, Super Bowl three? <laughs> Question mark? I don't think that's their last one. I think it might be. No, Let's wide right. Oh, wait, that was the Bills. Yeah. Wrong New York team. Whoopsies. Yeah, only in one Super Bowl. Super wow, Bowl dude, that's crazy. 1969. There's no way. Yeah. Dude, the Jets did their poverty. 
Wow. Wow. That's crazy. I mean, they're horrendous franchise. When's the last time they made the playoffs? Uh, playoffs? We can't be talking about playoffs. We're going to win a game first. Who was the, was was it the year Ryan Fitzpatrick led them there? No. Maybe. I don't know. Before my time. We're looking it up. You know what amazes me is a, uh, I believe that was Ryan Fitzpatrick. A Ryan Fitzpatrick-led Dolphins team uh, beat the Eagles, I think that was 2019, with a pass from the punter to the kicker. Do you remember that? The touchdown pass? <laughs> yes. That was... 2010. Oh, my goodness. Is the Jets' last playoff appearance. Yeah, that was Michael Mark Vick was the quarterback of the Eagles. <laughs> yep. Uh, it was It was Mark Sanchez. They made back-to-back AFC title games. Wow. With Mark Sanchez? Yep. Lost to both Indianapolis and Pittsburgh. Wow. Wow. Okay, so starting off in the NFC. Yeah, let's let's do it. Or should the, we do AFC because it's first? But three no, games. I don't care. Okay, I already okay. said it. We're going out we of disrupt order. Disrupt the flow of the show. Niners-Lions, here we go. Oh, okay, you spoiled it. I was going to say it's a battle in Santa Clara with the 49ers hosting after their miserable defeat last year in the NFC Championship game. They get to host this year, and they're taking on the Motor City mother, you know. Uh, okay. <laughs> Detroit Lions. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And uh, this is a weird, uh, weird quarterback matchup for an NFC title game. If you told me a couple years ago that a guy named Brock Purdy and Jared Goff would be fighting it out to go to the Super Bowl, I'd say you're crazy. I'd say you were crazy and maybe should be evaluated for a head injury by the independent neuroscientist. This has got to be like the weirdest NFC title game quarterback matchup since Keenum versus Foles. Oh, yeah. Keenum versus Foles, I don't think will ever be surpassed. No, 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 no. No, that was just so weird. That was odd. Like, yeah, that, that'll never be touched, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, unless something crazy happens. Mitchie was at that game. But crazy. Yeah. This like, is how like, did that happen? And then you had Bortles in the AFC. Yeah, Bortles, who nearly led the Jaguars to defeating Tom <laughs> to defeating Brady and the Patriots. <laughs> it was, we, we, were, we were minutes away from a Jaguars-Eagles Super Bowl. I was standing in the in the concourse. Everyone was cheering for the Jaguars. And yeah. Then, then they lost. I was so, That Jaguars team was so lovable. I know. That, that was defense fun. was insane. Jalen Ramsey. Saxonville. AJ Boy. Yeah. Uh, Bouye. AJ Boye. Yeah, Boye. That was, uh, oh, I forgot about him. Yeah, Unique Ngakwe was on that defensive line. Was uh, Campbell. Was Clinton Dix on that on that team? I don't think so. For some reason, I thought he was. Miles Jack when he was actually good. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, that team had, like, Leonard Fournette. Oh, they had a linebacker from Florida State on that team. Oh, look at you. Tevin Jones, I think his name was. So Remember Tevin Coleman? Yeah. Why did I think of that? <laughs> Tevin Coleman. <laughs> we have talked about the Big Sky and Tevin Coleman on the same show. <laughs> oh my. Oh my we goodness. haven't even gotten to Colby Allard yet. <laughs> Tevin, Tevin Coleman, man. Falcons legend. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Tevin Coleman. Oh, that's a name. That's that, a great name. That is a name right there. Great find. Wow. Great find on your part. Thank dude. you. It's like a... Josh Huff. <laughs> Josh Huff. <laughs> you know he had a kick return touchdown. <laughs> oh my god. 96 goodness. yards. Oh, that's oh, great. Wow. All right, Anyways, let's get into breaking yeah. down these games. So, uh, who do you think has the edge at quarterback, Jack? Oh. Please pick so I can tell you you're wrong. 
I'm going Jared Goff. Thank Okay, I'm not going to have to tell you you're wrong. I'm going Jared Thank Goff. Thank you. Just now these quarterbacks have looked as of late. Um, Goff has looked very solid in the two playoff games. Um, He's looked great. Yeah, he has. But the thing is, Jared Goff's a different quarterback playing in a dome than not. Um, so I'm a little bit skeptical. I'm a little bit skeptical. Also, he hasn't played a defense like San Francisco yet these playoffs. Um, this defense is tough. Yeah, it's a juggernaut to play against, man. Fred Warner's a beast. Nick Bosa. There's just so many incredible players on this 49er defense. It's going to be a tall task for the Lions to get out of here with a win. They're going to have to run the ball efficiently. That's their bread and butter with their duo of running backs. Trio of running backs. Even sprinkling Craig Reynolds, who had a touchdown run I last can't week. Believe so that. Tip that the cap so to nice. him. That was. Represent Kutztown State University. <laughs> when I was watching that Lions game, and, uh, and Gus Johnson just goes, there's Craig Reynolds. At a Kutztad State University. So. <laughs> it's like there is no way. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Gus Johnson <sighs> said our name. That's funny. We've made it. We've arrived. We have. <laughs> so I, I agree with you. I think the running game for Detroit is the only way that they uh, they mount any sort of fight against this, this 49ers team. I think the 49ers are going to put up points all game long. McCaffrey and uh, and the receivers there are are just so good. If you can disrupt Purdy, that's how the last NFC Championship game was won and lost. Uh, if you disrupt Purdy, I'm not saying injure him, but just disrupt him. Uh, that that's what San Francisco hinges on. And, and is, like that. is Mitchell Smedley advertising? No, to he's not. Take down Brock Purdy. No, I again? will say as a fact, if the quarterback's out of the game, he can't play against you. But I'm also saying <laughs> that's true. That's not what I'm advocating for. Like that's what happened last year. But if you can disrupt Brock Purdy, we've seen it at times. He can get wild. It can look dysfunctional. I don't think Brock Purdy's looked very good at all. Uh, and I know it's one game. And, and last week he did not look comfortable. It was at all. a bye week. He didn't look comfortable. He didn't look comfortable. Uh, Whittlewee. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was he was struggling he was at times. He was not good. And I can't. It's so annoying to watch him succeed ever because he doesn't deserve anything. Brock Purdy is the guy working on the group project in class that just is on his phone the whole time while everyone else does the work and then like stands up, like reads the title slide of the PowerPoint and gets the A. It's annoying. I can't stand it anymore. So uh, I hope Brock Purdy loses. He won't, though. The 49ers are going to the Super Bowl because of their amazing defense. The secondary, the line, it's all very good. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, he will run up and down the field against this team. And uh, we've talked for for some length about the, the Detroit secondary woes. And uh, the receivers are going to have some open season there. Yeah, I think Sunday. I think the Niners are going to win this game by double digits yeah. uh, for a lot of the reasons you just mentioned. I'm going to give my spiel. I think Brock Purdy plays a lot better in this game than he did just a week ago, and you have to look at it. This is the first time in three weeks that Purdy's played. He didn't play the last game of the regular season. He had a he had a bye on the first round of the playoffs. So back in actually, okay, I guess that's technically only two weeks. Um, but yeah, per, you know, when you're a quarterback and you're sitting for that long, it's you got to get your you know game flow back. Um, so rough one in the division round for Purdy, but they were able to squeak by and win. I think he plays a lot better this time around, and they take down the Lions handedly. I'm going to go, if I had to give a score, I'm going to go San Fran 31-17. They're going to take down the Lions um, in the NFC title game and go back to the Super Bowl. Purdy to play better. McCaffrey's going to have a good game on the ground. Lions defense going to have a tough, tough time stopping the San Francisco offense. 
Uh, and I don't, I don't think the Lions are going to be able to consistently get the ground game going. They'll have a couple of nice plays on the ground. Uh, Gibbs and Montgomery will get them some some nice chunk plays uh, at certain points of the game, but it's not going to be consistent enough to will the Lions to the Super Bowl. Uh, but certainly a building block season for Dan Campbell in Detroit. For totally sure. agree. Totally agree. Give me a late touchdown for Detroit in garbage time. Give me a final of 38-24. All righty. We both have San Fran going on to the Super Bowl. Let's move on to the AFC side of things here. The Kansas City Chiefs back in their sixth straight AFC championship Boo. game. And the Baltimore Ravens are back in the AFC title game. They will be hosting it as the one seed. Can Lamar Jackson get to his first Super Bowl? Mark Andrews' keynote before this game activated off of IR. He should be active to go in this one to make a formidable tight end duo. Speaking uh, of with which, Andrews and Likely. I don't think we mentioned that. Uh, did we mention that Debo will be playing? Yes. Uh, no, we didn't mention it, okay. but I, he will be back. That's a yeah. good point. Uh, he hey, Debo. How you doing? Big returner for the 49ers is such a big part of their offense uh, is Debo Samuel. All right. Back to Chiefs-Ravens, though. For the first time in his career, Mahomes had to go on the road and win a playoff game last week in a rowdy environment in Buffalo. Gets it done. They will it out 27-24. They take down the Bills yet again. But... History is not on Kansas City's side. Every time a team has beat Josh Allen and the Bills in the playoffs, they have lost their very next game. Wow. That's creepy. So, history does not favor the Chiefs. But fortune favors the bold. I'm going to go with Baltimore here, and let me tell you why. The defense is incredible. The defense is so well run by defensive coordinator Mike McDonald. He is an incredible coach who should definitely be getting looks as a future head coach in this league. Todd Munkin knows exactly how to call this offense to Lamar's strengths. Lamar looks so much more comfortable this year uh, and so much more complete as a quarterback than he has uh, in the past. He calculates his runs when he needs to. He's seeing the field exceptionally well. He just looks so calm, cool, and collected and confident in that pocket. When things tighten up, his first instinct is not to run anymore. We talked about it on the Monday show, but that's so huge for him that he's able to stay in a in a pocket that's collapsing and deliver a ball over the middle of the field. Zay Flowers has been so huge for this offense as a rookie receiver. He's been so reliable for Lamar Jackson. The defense has just been suffocating teams week in and week out. They made it so hard for teams to function at their highest level. For that reason, I think the Ravens are going to win this game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. Uh, give me the Ravens to win by a touchdown, 35-28. to Baltimore is going to win this game. Ooh, wow. Spends More... the entire time talking about how great the defense is running and then says they're going to get 28 hung on. Yeah, them. I think Kelsey's going to find a couple of touchdowns in this game. Ooh, okay. So... Um, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I would love to make this an exciting show and disagree with you. You know I love disagreeing with you and telling you you're wrong. Yes. But you're correct, Jack. You have finally, finally come to realize what I saw in September. The Ravens are Super Bowl bound. The Ravens have the best quarterback in the league this year. They have an outstanding defense that made what people think the best offense in the league is in San Francisco, look absolutely inept. Uh, Just a few weeks ago, that was Christmas night. Christmas night. And uh, they picked off Brock Purdy four times. They they held him to what, like 17 points? Something like that. Yeah. And uh, the Ravens have playmakers around Lamar, and and they're getting another one back. I like the receivers. It's better than he's had. Uh, Obviously, the tight ends are, are amazing. The ground game, what they don't have in running backs, he makes up for with his legs. 
Uh, so the ground game is still formidable. This is a well-rounded team. This is a powerful team, a team peaking at the right time. And uh, I'm very excited to to see what they are able to do this year. They didn't waste, uh, they, they didn't mess around. They wasted a little bit of time, but they eventually pulled away from Houston last week. Uh, that score ended up being lopsided. They've shown that they can beat down teams. They've shown that they can hang in with the tough teams and even uh, beat the tough teams into submission. So I'm very excited for the Ravens. Uh, I think this is the year I'm rooting for them. And uh, so is Ruben. So Ravens to the Super Bowl to face the 49ers. Unfortunately, that's what the colors would indicate. I think it's a great point that the Texans hung in there. I think the Chiefs are and backing my point. I'm going to change the score a little bit. I'm going to dock it down by a couple. I'm going to mm. go uh, 31-24 Baltimore. I'm going to okay, take so you it down a little bit. Both I have 27-23. So. I think there's some uh, red zone stands. You kick a few field goals. You get 27-23 Baltimore. Yeah, 31-24. Ravens. Ravens. Yeah, 31-24 Ravens. I'm going. And I think the Chiefs are going to get a lot of those points in the first half. I think it's going to be like a, you know, a 17-14 type of game going into the break. Chiefs are able to get, you know, a touchdown in the third and then not be able to do much the rest of the game. Uh, I think that's kind of how it's how it's going to go. The Ravens have shown that. Teams kind of hang in in the first half, but then they make their halftime adjustments and absolutely pull away. Is CBS on the call for this game? Um, I believe so. Oh, brother. Yes. I'm going to have to hear... Nance and Romo. I'm going to have to hear Nance and Romo's love affair with Patrick Mahomes. More so Romo. Yeah. It's it's also Nance, though. Nance gets that's a little so Mahomey. excited. What? That's a little Mahomey. <laughs> You ever seen that clip? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and Jim, you look, that's a little Mahomey. But Nance, I, I've noticed, and this upsets me, right? When uh, when there's like legendary moments going on, if there's a touchdown for Kansas City in a back and forth game, he gets so excited. Kansas City! And touchdown! Kansas City! And then if, if like Buffalo or anyone else scores, and it's a touchdown! Oh my goodness! Like, uh, even, you know, going back to that 2021 game oh between the Bills man. and Chiefs. And it's Davis. And it's Davis. That was a good call. That was. That was a good call. And I thought that was the most Davis. balanced. But I think in the in this year's divisional game, um, what what was it? And it's Pacheco for the Kansas City touchdown. And we're gonna get a screening from our first caller. Smedley takes it. Uh, I'm gonna keep going on here. We both have Ravens and the 49ers going to the Super Bowl. Uh, we're gonna have our first caller. Taking to the air today. Mitchie's back. Who are we talking to? We're going to familiar territory. Ruben's on the phone. Ruben is on the line. Ruben, how are we doing this fine Friday morning? Hey, it's Ruben. How you doing there, John? <laughs> we're good. Ruben, I'm glad great. you figured out we were on right now. We we're didn't doing, put it out anywhere. We're doing great. <laughs> I, listen to you, I listen to KUR 24-7. I'm all, always listening to KUR, so I know when you're on. Gotta I love promise it. to be really, really short today because it's lunchtime and old Ruby likes to eat. And I, if I don't get there on time, I'm just going to be like, you know, the heck with you. you got to wait till dinner. So it's going to be really quick. The Ravens are going to destroy the Chiefs. I mean, destroy them. 49 to 2 is my call. <laughs> all, all, all the teams are going to get us to safety. That's it. 49 to 2. Bank on it. Bank on it. Oh, my goodness. I love that. That might be the best score prediction I've ever Because you, you could have said 49 nothing, but that wasn't good enough. No, you had to say the only way, you know, in hell that they're scoring is by their defense getting a safety. <laughs> I love it. That's right. You bank on it. Now I gotta go eat. Okay, they're having beef stew today, and that's my favorite. Talk hey. to you later. All right, thank you, Ruben. Enjoy thank you lunch. for the call, Ruben. We appreciate you. 
Um, Never disappoints. Finds new ways to entertain. I, I mean, that's a classic Ruben quote. You could take that to the bank. <laughs> oh, Ruby. <laughs> Old Ruby is a great quote as well. That's, Ru- a, that's Ruben amazing. will tell you that for free. That yeah. it's forty nine to two. Forty nine to two. <laughs> oh my goodness, that uh, is so funny. What's the line on this game? Forty six and a half. <laughs> I have no idea. Forty six and a half. Uh, Ravens are uh, are favored, <laughs> and Ruben takes <laughs> Ruben takes the Ravens on that line. Oh, goodness gracious. Wow. All right, we're going to step aside one final time here today on Heavy, Heavy Hitters. When we come back, we will round out our NFL discussion. Move on to a tidbit in the baseball world and talk about some hockey here. The NHL season continues to roll on. We'll be back momentarily on Heavy Hitters on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. And welcome back into Heavy Hitters. Everybody here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. Jack High Mitchell, Smedley, final about... 15 or so minutes. It went into the left headphone for a little bit. Did you hear that? It, it's back. Yeah. How did you do that? I, I don't know. I'm a wizard. <laughs> what did you touch? <laughs> I didn't touch anything. Really? Yes. <laughs> it's a, dude, I just complained about it four seconds before we go on air. <laughs> that, you, you heard that. I'm a wizard. What can I say? What did you do? I have magic. I have magical touch. What were you able to do? I, I don't know. I, I literally didn't do anything different than normal. I turned on the mics. I'm literally fading out the music, and all of a it sudden, was it in the pops left back as well. in the left ear. Oh my goodness! So, dude, I just complained about it, and Jack starts screaming his face off. <laughs> you know, just casual antics here in the Whoa! studio. Jack's angry about it. Jack's angry, seething with rage. <laughs> Don't bring the kids. All righty. Um, any last tidbits on NFL you got? Or are we going to move on here? Any last tidbits on NFL? Uh, no, there will be time to unpack all of my, my season thoughts after the Super Bowl or, or in the, the Pro Bowl week. So uh, we got time to discuss all that. You want to talk? Uh, dude, breaking news. Not Breaking really. news. Breaking news. The Phillies have gotten off of their hands and have made a move in the offseason. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. I know it's hard to believe. But they, they went out there. They found the missing piece, Jack. And... The Phillies are world title winning bound after signing Colby Allard. <laughs> I'm unhappy. I am not well. Why? Why? Why can't I have a real piece? Why can't I have like something to actually hang my hat on? Why, yeah. Jack? Can you explain it? Huh? Can you explain why the what? Phillies' mission like mission statement on their website is to make Mitchell Smedley cry. <laughs> I would love to explain that to you. I can't. Um, Colby Allard to the Phillies. Nice little depth arm there. I He's got guess. a nice curveball. So yeah, a nice curveball. That's all they did. I don't know much on Colby Allard. I don't know if you do, but no, uh, I don't. All right, let's move on. A couple of signings to talk about. Then we got to talk about the Hall of Fame inductees. Rounding out our baseball discussion, Jock Peterson and the Arizona Diamondbacks agree on a one-year deal. This irritates DH. me to no end, bro. I don't like that. He's going to be so good. Yeah, he's going to he's gonna fit in nicely with them. Uh, I think it's a really good move for Arizona. Wasn't he the one that put the Phillies thing on his Instagram? Yep. Yep. Screw Jock Peterson. Not no. a fan. Yep. Um, I like that for them as their DH. I think it's a good left-handed bat adding to the lineup with his pop. Um, Rangers add David Robertson to help out the bullpen. He'll kind of slot in as I think the eighth inning guy, a one-year $12 million deal for How Mr. Robertson. How is he still making $12 million? So, oh, my goodness. Thank you for landing the Mets a couple of nice prospects, Robertson. Yeah. I tip your cap. 
I tip my cap to you. Unbelievable. That's unbelievable. Thank you for being great for us and awful for the Marlins. And uh, also, you know, spraining your leg, cheering a home run in the playoffs. (laughs) Thanks, buddy. (laughs) Although he did give up a game-winning, eventually game-winning, home run to Nick Castellanos with the Marlins. Yeah, he got you guys back. That helped out. That did help. Um, Joey Gallo, the Nationals, on a one-year deal? Uh, slotting as an outfielder for them, it would be five million dollars is the number I'm on not that. Joey Gallo, I'm Joey Gallo, C A L L O. Great, yes, great. Um, and the biggest one I think left to talk about: Reese Hoskins going to the NL Central. He is a Milwaukee Brewer, two-year deal, thirty-four million dollars. Has an opt-out after the first year if he so chooses uh, to enforce that. Uh, but Hoskins. To the NL Central. Everyone thought he was going to be a Cub. No, he's going to the Brew Crew. Here's the thing. What a deal swung by Scott Boris, right? I mean, Reese Hoskins got everything he wanted. He can get $34 million and and be terrible after an ACL injury that that looked really bad and kept him out out and kept the Phillies from winning a World Series. Thank you, um, Turf Monster. But uh, other than that, look at the one-year opt-out you mentioned, right? If he... Goes out there and goes bonkers like Reese Hoskins can do. He can go find another deal that's that's longer term and worth a, a hell of a lot more money. I mean, Reese Hoskins is in such great shape. Hey, after that one year, Dave, bring him home. Bring him home. You know, uh, Reese Hoskins really really lucked out here. I don't think he's coming back. No, he's not. I know. So, but uh, really excited for him, and and he'll always uh, he'll always be a Philly in my mind. He's gonna get cheered when he comes here. What if he has like a like? What if he breaks your absolute heart? Like, what if he shatters it? Hard to imagine a situation where the Brewers can break my heart, but they knock you out of the playoffs. Am I falling in love with the one that could break my heart? So, Hoskins flies into left. Field Hoskins a drive deep left field. The crew take down Alvarado the can only sit and watch. <laughs> As Hoskins eliminates his old team. Oh, my. No. <laughs> no. No. Oh my no, you know what would be ultimate karma is if Reese Hoskins ended the Phillies season on an immaculate defensive play. Like bases loaded, <laughs> two outs. Makes like a diving play like at first. Like a diving double play or something. Like oh, my goodness. Just unbelievable. And uh, oh, wait, wait, Harper wait. with the bases juiced. Hard to get a double play. Line drive down the right for the It's caught by Hoskins. And he doubles him up. Game series. Hoskins does it to the Bills. And the Brew Crew have taken down the Bills. I, I would actually sob. <laughs> I'm sure you would. I would actually sob. All right. Let's move on here. Hall of Fame inductees. Congratulations to Adrian Beltre, Todd Helton, and Joe Maurer as they are all inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame, uh, exceeding the 75% threshold required. Uh, from all of the voters. Good for them. Beltre, deservedly a first ballot Hall of Famer. 3,100 career hits, nearly 500 home runs. An incredible, credible player. Most known for his time with the Texas Rangers. Adrian Beltre, you are a Hall of Famer. So Good job, buddy. Good for him. Um, we yeah. are so proud. Yeah. 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 All right. All right. Uh, Joe Maurer, by the way, his prime was, man, he was incredible. Didn't have, like, the the longest tenure, like, longest stretch of incredible baseball, but his prime was so good behind the plate. He was year-in-year-out all-star, won an MVP, 
incredible defensive play behind the plate. Uh, Mauer to the Hall of Fame, and then it's a good inductee um, there for the longtime Twins catcher. Uh, Mr. Mauer is in the Hall of Fame. And Todd Helton as well. He had an incredible career. 2,500 career hits. Um, batted 315 for his career. Yes, he played at Coors Field, but Helton was a phenomenal, phenomenal player inside Coors Field, outside of Coors Field. Uh, he is a Hall of Famer, um, and deservedly so. Uh, so congratulations to all three of those guys. Some guys who were very close on the line of balloting. Uh, Billy Wagner fell just 1.8% short of the vote to get into the Hall of Fame. It's a travesty. He should be in, I think, next year is his year. Uh, but unbelievable how he didn't get in this year. Andrew Jones rising up the ballot, the uh, Braves outfielder, uh, garnering over 60% of the vote uh, with the you know next-level defensive metrics really taking his value into account. It's going to be hard uh, to keep up with the Joneses. Certainly. <laughs> certainly helping his chance of getting into Cooperstown. Uh, but, yeah. Let me see who else is pushing that. Gary Sheffield fell short in his final year on the ballot, uh, just under 64%. Carlos Beltran at 57%. Um, so those guys are rising. Somehow Chase Utley gets 28%. Not sure how that's... How is that possible. so low? How is that so high? Chase Utley is not a Hall of Famer. Yes, he is. No, he most certainly sure is not. Is. What are you talking about? Jimmy Rollins is more of a Hall of Famer than Chase Utley ever was or would be. Both of them should be. No. no. And Howard. No. Yes. No. What are you not understanding? Chase Utley is not a Hall of Famer. Chase Utley. Why? I mean, dude, someone who ruins the Mets like that, automatically a Hall of Fame. Not Did not get 2,000 hits. Didn't even sniff it. Was that like 1,700? Um, let's see. I don't know. You look at you, know, you look at the Hall of Fame, and you look at the guys that are in there, and you look at Chase Utley. He's not in that caliber. He but he was ruined a, the Mets for he was decades. A, he was a come. damn good ball player, but he's not a Hall of Famer. He ruined the Mets. That's better than I anything. I don't care. Better than any stat. What he did. Really? Dirty. You've cared about it on other occasions. He's dirty as hell. Dirty ball player. <laughs> I'm a dirty boy. <laughs> That's enough. That's <laughs> stop. Just quoting SpongeBob. All right, we got a message from the KR Notebook. Want to join a fun campus club? No. Join KUR. Fun events, great friends, and an opportunity to play your favorite tunes. Await. Email KUR at kutztown.edu. That's KUR at kutztown.edu for more information. This message of community interest is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. All right, back here rounding out heavy hitters this standalone hour on this Friday morning, not our normal time. If you want to listen to us on Fridays, that's 2 to 4 p.m., on Mondays, it is from 5 to 7 right here only on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. If you missed uh, some shows, you want to listen back, check us out on Spotify by searching Kutztown University Radio. All heavy hitters past episodes will be uploaded to there. All right. Getting back into it, though. Any other any other thoughts on baseball? Are we uh, we good to put a I bow on this I think we've exhausted to... baseball. Um, I would agree. We're getting close, though. We're getting close. Yes, we are. Less than a month away from spring training. So... How about that, man? That's know, awesome. So exciting. That is awesome. First spring training games for both of our teams is January 24th. The Dodgers and Padres kick off January 24th. On, no, excuse me, February 25th. Yeah. Apparently that was Wednesday. So. Just found out. <laughs> February 24th, pardon me, but the Dodgers and Padres kick off spring training on that Thursday, the 22nd. Um, yeah. So we are very, very close. Still a lot of big free agents out there. Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, Cody Bellinger, 
all still on the free agent market. We will be interested to see where those guys land somebody. in the coming weeks. Um, Phillies fans begging for their organization to do something. There's a. Do you guys know the episode where uh, I forget what happened, but uh, Squidward and SpongeBob are like crying and like screaming for help, and uh, you just hear Squidward go, "Somebody, anybody, I don't care who." Oh, is that what it was? Oh, yeah, they were in the freezer. Yeah. By the way, that's, that's have... me right now at the Phillies. Somebody, anybody, I don't care who. Just want somebody, man. I want to rock yeah. with somebody. By the way, uh, don't go anywhere after this. We have a fantastic show coming up right after us. Revolution here on the radio with Wisconsin University, KOR Kutztown. That's immediately following us at noon. So keep it here when we sign off in a couple of minutes. Rounding out Sports Talk NHL. Um, Mitchie, our teams both lost last Not night. Not doing good, man. We had a five-game win streak. It's turned into a four-game loss streak. So Not happy. And the Flyers have uh, shelled out a whole lot of money to Owen Tippett. Eight years. What was it, 6.6 6 6 to 6.5 is the range of expected uh, salary per year. So, but he got paid. $50 yeah, million. Tippett, Tippett got some good money. Take your cap and tip it to him. So. Islanders fell 4-3 last night to Montreal. A goal from Sean Monahan put them ahead um, after the Islanders battled back to tie it uh, with a yep. Kyle Palmieri power play goal. Flyers get blanked 3-0 by the Detroit Red Wings. That's four in a row. The Flyers have dropped both of our teams, not doing the greatest at this moment in time. So really after the Flyers rattled off five in a row. they've Against really of, good teams. They have started a little bit of a, I wouldn't say a... Uh, Free fall or a landslide, but it's, it's a little it, bit of a free fall. It's a it's a rocky stretch right Tom now. Tom Petty sure. verified free you know, fall, especially because of the games played. I mean, the Flyers have played forty nine games. That's most in the division, and I believe that's tied for the most in the league. Yes, it is. Only with Tampa Bay, so they're in third at fifty six. The Devils have three games in hand. They're five points back. They have a chance uh, to surpass Philadelphia. Um, really, the only team who's behind them that is threatening to do that. Um, Has it widened out that much? Wow. Um, I mean, the Islanders have 51 points, but they've played 48 games, so mm. you know, only one game in hand down five points. It's going to be tough to close that gap unless the Flyers— no, it's, it's like 30 games left. No, I know, but like the Flyers have to continue to lose. Like, oh. You know what You're I'm saying? You're three points back, potentially. That is nothing. Potentially. Give me a The break. Islanders are 20-17-11. That's such a disgusting record, by the way. I like that at all. 11 overtime losses is it, That is absurd. not good. Yeah. Is absurd at 48 games played. Wow. So it's like one out of every four games is yeah. an overtime loss. Yeah, exactly. So fractions. Not good. Not good. Fractions aren't good, and that record isn't good. So um, thoughts on the Flyers? Where do they go from here? They get the Bruins next. That's a tough test. They get five in a row. L's. So. Um, I don't know, man. It's a re- it was always a rebuilding year, and you're starting to see the the problems. With some of the youth and, and trying to make all this mesh. Uh, this isn't the year. This isn't the year. It's exciting. They're fun. But uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. So I, I won't go too in-depth because we have a uh, hourly break coming up right for- around the corner. Yes. Uh, anything else? NHL you wanted to talk about? Um, fun games tonight. Golden Knights taking on the Rangers, two of the best teams in the league, uh, meeting at Madison Square Garden. Um Kings Avalanche could be a fun one. Avalanche are doing really good. Nathan McKinnon is having a stellar season. Um, and then on tap for the weekend, a lot of games for Flyers tomorrow. Islanders host the Panthers. Um, Oilers have won 15 in a row. Wow. They are insane. 
Wow. So Connor McDavid, Dreisaitl, and the Oilers are continuing to rock and roll out in the Pacific. Only 44 games played. They have a chance to catch Vegas uh, with their hot streak right now. But that's going to do it for us here today on Heavy Hitters. We'll be back at our normal time next Friday from 2 to 4 p.m. Catch us on a Monday from 5 to 7. Uh, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy some NFL playoff football. Conference championship weekend is upon us. Um, yeah, have a great rest of your weekend. Stay here for Revolution coming up here at the top of the hour here on KUR.